Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, Chicago. I'm Indy Cara, and this is The Rundown. If there's one thing you should know about me, it's that I love science. So since I have the rundown reins today, we're going on a little afternoon science adventure. It'll be fun, though, I promise. Today we're talking about neutrinos. And if you haven't heard of them, let me explain. Neutrinos are these subatomic particles. They're floating through the air all around us, but they're mysterious and super hard to detect. Neutrinos might also hold the answers to some of the biggest mysteries in our universe, like how exactly the Big Bang happened and why we exist in the first place. Now, you might be wondering what the Chicago connection to these very existential questions is. Well, the Fermi National Accelerator Laboratory is only an hour outside the city. And scientists there are hard at work studying these particles in a massive project called the Deep Underground Neutrino Experiment, DUNE for short. It involves all kinds of cool stuff, like underground caverns and a high-energy beam that'll be shot from Illinois to South Dakota. I've brought Sam Zeller in to tell us more about neutrinos and DUNE. She's a senior scientist at Fermilab and is deputy director of part of the project. Hi, Sam. Hi. So I want to start very simple. What is a neutrino? What is a neutrino? Well, neutrinos are all around us. Neutrinos are one of the most abundant particles in the universe, and they're actually trillions passing through us every second. Neutrinos are produced in the sun, in the Earth's atmosphere, in the supernova bursts. You know, so neutrinos are really interstellar messengers. And closer to home, we also produce neutrinos in particle accelerators, such as those at Fermilab. And because neutrinos are so abundant and produced by so many different sources, they have profound implications for our understanding of the universe in many different ways. And when you say that they're all around us, do you mean that they're just floating through the air? They are. Uh, As I mentioned, we're constantly immersed in a bath of neutrinos from all different sources. Wow. Okay. And Other than, you know, what you've just said that makes them sound really cool, what other properties make these little particles so interesting to scientists like yourself? Yeah, well, neutrinos have many strange and unique properties, uh, some of which we are only recently learning about. Uh, Neutrinos are certainly my favorite particle. And my favorite part about neutrinos is that they can change into different types as they travel. And we refer to this as neutrino oscillations. Um, We know that there are three types of neutrinos and that they can oscillate from one type to another as they travel. It's as if they, you know, really can't make up their minds. It, you know, took us a long time as scientists to understand this, uh, but we're using this phenomenon of neutrino oscillations to answer a lot of important questions about neutrinos themselves and are working to try to make connections to the things we observe in the universe. So they can change between these three forms kind of freely? They can as they travel. Wow. Okay. And what can studying this oscillation, like you said, through projects like Dune, tell us about the universe? Well, we're hoping that Dune will answer one of the biggest questions uh, surrounding neutrinos. It's sort of the holy grail of neutrino physics at the moment. 
And that is whether or not neutrinos can help explain why we exist. Um, when our universe wow. was formed, yeah, I know. These are, these are big <laughs> questions that we've been trying to address question, for yeah. many, many, many decades. And, and now the time is now when we think we can really do this. So when the universe was formed at the time of the Big Bang, more than 13 billion years ago, equal amounts of matter and antimatter were created. And that matter and antimatter should have annihilated, but that did not happen. And we know that because we're here. So there's something that caused the imbalance that avoided the cancellation of matter and antimatter in these very early stages of the history of our universe. We have no idea what caused that imbalance, but yes, we'd all like to know why we're here, why we exist. And we're hoping that neutrinos hold that clue and hold part of the answer to this mystery. Why we're thinking about neutrinos as being this, this, this answer? Well, neutrinos are the only place where we've not yet looked to answer this question. And we think they may hold a clue to why we exist. And Dune is the first experiment that will really be able to answer this question. You mentioned this imbalance. So would the neutrinos have like been a part of that, that imbalance? Is that what you mean, that they kind of are the key to that? Exactly. And in order to get at that question, we'll be producing both beams of neutrinos and antineutrinos at Fermilab to be a part of the Dune experiment. And we'll be looking very intently at whether or not those neutrinos and antineutrinos behave in slightly different ways. The hope is that if we do observe that, that may be a key to why neutrinos and antineutrinos, you know, just shifted that balance in the early universe. And what, I guess, with antimatter and matter, antineutrinos and neutrinos, can you kind of break that, down the difference between those, those two things for me? Uh, many particles have an antiparticle and neutrinos are no different. Um, by how we create our particle beams and how we use the accelerators at Fermilab, we can create both neutrinos and antineutrinos. And we create them in separate um, beams that we would send to our detectors. Okay. And the way that you would think about matter and antimatter would be like, like antimatter is the inverse of matter, I guess? That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. Great. And, you know, you were starting to touch on the design of Dune, but in order to learn about these complex particles, you all had to design a pretty complicated experiment. Can you talk to me about the different moving parts of Dune? How is all of this going to work? Oh, yeah. So in a nutshell, Dune will be sending neutrinos an 800-mile distance from Fermilab to South Dakota. And this is a really big deal. We've never sent a beam of neutrinos from an accelerator this large a distance across the Earth. So this then means that there are parts of the project um, that are located here at Fermilab in Batavia. And then there are other parts that will be based uh, in South Dakota, where we'll be housing sensitive detectors uh, a mile underground to catch the neutrinos. So specifically, the parts of the project at Fermilab, uh, I would say, include three main pieces. Mm. One are the particle accelerators that will produce the beams of neutrinos and antineutrinos. Two are the detectors that will precisely uh, measure the neutrinos before they've had a chance to travel the 800-mile distance west. And that's the part I'm most involved with. And third, and, and importantly, Fermilab will also be home to a really large community that's constructing this endeavor and will be analyzing the data coming from this new science experiment. And certainly, you know, in its history, Fermilab has always attracted researchers from all over the world, and this is no different. Uh, Fermilab is, is now the, the place to do neutrino physics, and the science of Dune is what's attracting a very uh, large uh, number of students, scientists, and engineers 
from all over the world to come here and do this research. So this okay. is really exciting and really cool. Okay. And I'm I'm curious about the beam. So that is going from Illinois to South Dakota, right? That's right. Okay. And is that going to be traveling through the air? Where is that going to be going? Yeah, it'll be traveling through the earth. It's one of the really cool things about neutrinos. They're really shy particles and they do not like to interact. So while their minimal interactions with matter make them very difficult to detect, it also means they pass through vast volumes of matter with ease. So we do not need any kind of tunnel or beam pipe. The neutrinos will travel 800 miles from Fermilab through the Earth unobstructed. And every once in a while, uh, we hope we'll be able to detect the trace of a neutrino in one of our sensitive detectors in South Dakota by putting a lot of mass in their way. So hopefully by the time the neutrino has made its way from Fermilab to South Dakota, it's made up its mind on what type of neutrino it is, and that's what we'll be intently looking for. Okay, so you'll be keeping track of which of those three forms it's in when it ends up in South Dakota. That's right, and we'll be keeping track of that both at Fermilab and in South Dakota to look to see if there's been a change. What is so exciting to you about the potential answers, or I guess even the questions that are unearthed by observing these neutrinos through Dune? I find it so exciting because we're really rewriting textbooks as we go. You know, when I was in college studying particle physics and physics in general, you know, my textbook literally said that neutrino oscillations was too speculative a phenomenon to even be mentioned. And it wasn't even in the books that I was studying at the time. So what makes it really cool to me is that these are major discoveries happening, you know, in my lifetime and really recently, they hold these connections to the universe because neutrinos are produced in so many ways and they're so abundant and they're around us all the time. So for me, I find it really intriguing that, you know, we can answer these big questions, we can rewrite textbooks and we can have these really intimate connections to, you know, how the universe works. And I find that just really mind bending and super exciting that you know we can answer these questions with experiments that we can build here here in Illinois and uh, with really exquisite detectors and really great teams of people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful when when you think about it. Yeah. And are there implications for these neutrino observations beyond the world of physics? There could be. I mean. As I mentioned, you know, Dune is building first of their kind neutrino detectors that will not only be sensitive to neutrinos that are produced by the particle accelerators at Fermilab, but they're also sensitive to neutrinos that could be arriving from many, many different sources. And because neutrinos rarely interact, they're kind of like black box recorders. They carry information from parts of the universe that we simply don't have access to, such as dying stars, so in a supernova burst or neutrinos emitted from a supermassive black hole. You know, we can also learn uh, what happens deep inside the sun by studying neutrinos emitted by the sun. So Dune in particular will be able to detect neutrinos not only from the Fermilab particle accelerators, but also from Earth's atmosphere, the sun, and even a core collapse supernova if one were to occur in our galaxy. So Dune you know, has implications beyond these questions about why we exist and is, is really a, you know, a high-tech neutrino observatory in this sense. Wow. And what's the timeline on the project? Oh, yeah. So we are more than halfway complete with the big job of excavating the caverns in South Dakota that will house the, these large first-of-their-kind neutrino detectors that I mentioned. 
that's going extremely well. It's on budget, it's on schedule, it's on track. Then for my part, my team is getting ready for a new experimental hall at Fermilab that will be built on site where we will install neutrino detectors at the lab. Uh, this is so that we can precisely measure the neutrinos before they make their 800 mile journey west. We start that installation in 2028. Hmm. So right now we're finishing our detector designs for the Fermilab site, we're prototyping, we're going through you know, technical reviews to be ready. And this is all right around the corner. It's certainly keeping us really, really busy. And I'm lucky to have a really good yeah, team. I can imagine. Um, my last question, I, I want to bring it back to you and your work. You've dedicated so much of your career to understanding the laws of the universe. What m- motivates you to keep being curious about the way that everything works? I like answering questions that no one knows the answer to. That's what uh, gets me up in the morning. I find that so incredibly fascinating that we can embark on something and nobody knows what the answer will be. I would say the second thing is what I like most about my job is working in teams. You know, it takes a whole team of people to build something that has never been built before. And we're really good at doing that at Fermilab. Mm. It takes technicians, engineers, scientists, theorists, accelerator physicists, you know, the students and postdocs who analyze the data that's produced. And Fermilab is, is really a fantastic place to work, and I'm really lucky to have this as my job. And it's the team aspect that I personally, you know, really enjoy the most. Yeah. Sam Zeller is a senior scientist at Fermilab. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, and it was a great to have the opportunity to talk about Fermilab and the excitement surrounding Dune. Thank you. That's all for The Rundown today. Thanks to Justin Bull for producing and to Mark Labine and Ariel Van Cleve for the edits. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Indy Kara. Thanks for listening. <laughs>